0: justification justification is one of one of those big words in the Bible I suppose uh, and uh, brother bill mentioned uh, or we were talking about it last Sunday and I believe you guys are studying about this as well right mm-hmm. um, the Wednesday service but it's something that people tend to shy out of or shy out of because oh that's like that those are for the lawyers and the theologues to study about. That's not, that doesn't concern me, but it does actually. So let's talk about it, shall we? But before that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you, Lord, that we can um, study and learn the wonder, wonderful things that you have done for us. We know that right at the second that we got saved, we praise you for it. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All, not some. And we thank you for that, dear God. We, I, we, I cannot even begin to, to describe how wonderful that is for us. And we thank you, Lord. Um, please remove all the distractions that are uh, in our hearts and our minds right now. And help us to just be focusing in your words. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, review from last week. Number one. Oh, by the way, you can relax. There are no pop quizzes today. (laughs) You missed two of them, Maria, or one. (laughs) Uh, Number one, we cannot lose our salvation, but we can lose the what of our salvation? Joy. The joy of our salvation. Thank you. Exactly. We cannot lose our salvation, but the devil steals it, or the world steals it, or ourselves. We steal it away from ourselves. And so David says in Psalm 51 verse 12, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Number two, we need to learn to rejoice at God's what? As one that findeth great spoil. And that's not talking about like when you open the fridge and you find a gallon of milk from last January. That's, not, that's a great spoil. That's not that kind of spoil. Anyone? I rejoice at God's word, word as one that findeth great spoil. Great spoil is uh, when, when somebody who loses or who wins a battle and they get all the spoils of the battle. Everything, you know, it's like a huge reward for them. And so, when we read God's Word, are we excited? Like, are we, are we rejoicing in a manner that, Lord, wow, this is so much awesome stuff in this, in this topic or in this Word that, that I'm studying right now. Yeah. Alright, this is from, amen, this is from a few weeks back. Spiritual death is not a future event, but it is a current condition. So, praise God that uh, you guys all passed the test. Amen. Well, it's not a test, but it's just a review. But um, here's the thing a lot of people don't understand. If you're not saved right now, right now is the best time to be saved because if you're not saved, no matter what kind of religious whatever you're doing, whether you're praying, whether you're a member of a church, whether you're a pastor of a church, whatever. Wondrous things in the eyes of man, in the eyes of religion that you're doing. Whatever that is, even if you know the whole Bible, if you're not saved, that does not count. Because in God's eyes, you're dead spiritually. Amen. So, alright, well, we talked about our goal being enjoying God's word and enjoying our salvation, you know. And spiritual death and, and uh, you know, life. If you're alive spiritually, guess what? Our food to speak to feed our spirit, our, you know, our, for our spiritual nourishment is the Word of God, and that's why in Second Peter chapter two, verse two, it says, "As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the what word. of the Word, why that ye may grow thereby." And so. Yes, so my, my little boy over here, Bergen, he's, that's what he's drinking right now, milk. But there will come a time when he's going to have to learn to, to eat solid food so he can grow, right? So there will come a time that, yes, the things that we are reading, the things that we are studying in God's Word are awesome stuff, fun stuff, rejo- you know, joyful stuff. But there will come a time that it's going to be hard to take. But that's needful. Because that's me, and that's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number five, verse thirteen to fourteen: For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness; for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses, senses exercised to discern both good. And evil. So yes, for new new Christians, let's let's desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. But then there'll come a time when we're going to have to dive into those deeper doctrines, those big words, those um, those things that are hard to understand, if you will. And sometimes they may hurt us. Sometimes they're not as rejo- as, as as joyful as the ones that we've been studying before. But they are needful for us to grow. Amen. Amen. And so, what do we have right now? That's why Christians right now, um, uh, uh, like a lot of Christians, just in general, okay, that m- maybe most of the time they come to church that that preaches most of the time just milk, or the goal is to entertain the people so we can have everyone come in. That's not our goal. Our goal is to put the word of God out there and to feed God's people. Amen. So, there's no surprise, if that's our churches these days, there's no surprise as to why Christians right now has the doctrinal knowledge of that, that will fit into a bumper sticker. I actually had one guy say, well, Jesus said that if you give a man a fish, he'll, how does, how does that go? You'll be happy for a day. you be happy for a day, exactly. If you teach him to fish, you'll, you'll, you'll feed him for life. Well, that's a good saying. Yes, that's a good proverb. There's only one problem. Jesus did not say that. That's not in the Bible, right? So what, what are we trying to say? Like, like we said yesterday uh, or, or last Sunday, our goal is for every one of us, you know, all of you, including myself, to just start diving into God's Word and enjoying it so we can read it some more and learn some more and study it some more. You know, uh, the Bible says, so let's start with with our uh, text over here. Romans chapter number 3 verse 19 to 20. Now, and there's a reason why I have it in red. I'll show you later on. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them, who are under the law. And another reason why I have it in red, I'll show you later. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Before our own very eyes, we may not see ourselves as guilty. Before our mothers or our wives or our spouses, they may not see ourselves as guilty. But you know what? Before the eyes of, the, love, of the, the Almighty God, we are guilty. Amen. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in His sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Justification has two sides that needs to be satisfied. Number one, the forgiveness of sin, and number two, we have to be declared righteous. It's not enough that we are only forgiven. It ha- we have to be declared righteous. It's not enough that we're only declared righteous. We have to be forgiven. Amen. So, so, all of a sudden, some guy would say, well, you have to start doing the law. Or you start to have, you, you need to start to obey the law and that's what will get you saved. Well, I'll give you an example. What if you have, you're renting an apartment and... You haven't paid your rent for three months. And then the landlord knocks on your door. All right, time to get out. Pack your stuff. You're going out. And then you say, well, no, hold on, hold on. Time out, landlord. From now on, I promise I'm going to be faithful and pay my rent. You see the illustration? Well, that's good to know. Thank you for being honest. That's good for him from now on. But what about the last three months that you haven't paid? That has to be paid too. So it's not enough that we're only declared righteous. We have to be forgiven. It's not enough that we have to be forgiven. We also have to be declared righteous. But here's the thing. The Bible says that the things that the law said is written to them that are under the law. And then we discussed it last week. But we're Gentiles. We were never under the law. How does the law apply to us? Good question. <laughs> Thank you for, ask, for asking that question. Um, before we get there, uh, last week we learned that we're not under the law. Even before we got saved, we were not under the law. And, and this is actually a controversial sus, uh, uh, subject. So, some preachers would say, we were under the law. And that's a dangerous thing because under the law, if you break one, you break all of them. And the Gentiles that were outside the commonwealth of Israel during the Old Testament, they did not know anything about the law. I'll show you later on. All right, so... uh, What about the lost people right now? Are they under the law? Good question. Again, no, but I'll I'll show you later on. They uh, They are trying to do the works of the law for righteousness, but they're not under the law. Trick question. What about the Jews right now? They were definitely under the law in the Old Testament. But are they still under the law right now? These are good questions that can be answered by rightly dividing the Word of God. Alright? Did you know that we are the only people that are commanded to study and right divide God's Word? Why? Because we have the complete Bible right now. The people in the Old Testament were not, were not commanded to, to rightly divide God's Word because what is there to rightly divide? They did not have the, Bible, the, the complete Bible back then yet. Right? So, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God. You know, we're not only supposed to be reading God's Word, but we're also supposed to be studying it. And studying entails work. Whew. How many of you were like me when I was growing up? I hated studying. Nobody? Just me? (laughs) Come on. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, the Bible gives us a basic timeline by dividing all of history into three parts. The past, time past, the present, and the future. I know there's more to that. I'm sure Brother Bill will will, uh, attest to this. There's more to that, dispensations and all that. But for now, for time's sake, we're just going to divide it into three. You with me? Again, we're talking about meat here, not just milk anymore, okay? The first one is time past, And I'm not the one who gave that that, uh, designation in the Bible. It was the Bible itself. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number Two, verse eleven to twelve. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles, in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, in the flesh made by hands. So, Gentiles, Jews, the Jews who are also called the circumcision in the Old Testament called the Gentiles the uncircumcision. There's a hatred between the Jews and Gentiles. There's that middle wall of partition, if you will. That at that time, look at what the Gentiles, the, the condition of the Gentiles in times past. That at that time, you were without Christ. Being, oh, hey, guess what? There's aliens in the Bible. Be aliens from the Commonwealth of Israel. See? Israel was given the law. Gentiles were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So they were not under the law. But still, they were trying to do whatever righteousness, which is is the works of the law written in their hearts. Remember, we talked about that last Sunday. And strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Man, what a hopeless condition for Gentiles. And that's why in the Old Testament, when people wanted to know, when Gentiles wanted to know God, they have to go into, under the, the nation of, of Israel. Remember, remember, problem text. Remember in the New Testament, or in, in, in the Gospels, when the Lord Jesus Christ was ministering to the Jews, and then there would be a Gentile that would come. And they would say, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ wouldn't even acknowledge the Gentile, because he was sent not but unto the children of Israel. Huge explanation for this later on, okay? But please bear with me for a second. So, here we come. The Lord Jesus Christ would not talk to them until she, acknowledged, she acknowledges the nation of Israel. And that's the explanation of that in, in the Gospels. Anyway, keep going forward. That's the condition of uh, the Gentiles before In times past, now, but now, Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 13. Still with me? Bear with me for a bit. We're going to tie it hopefully towards the end here. Ephesians 2 verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by what? By the blood of Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Right? And then in the ages to come, Ephesians 2, verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness toward us through Jesus Christ, or through Christ Jesus. That's why. And I'm gonna step aside here for a sec so I can see. In time past, we have, of course, we have Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, and then. After the 400 years of silence, John the Baptist broke the silence and then said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And then the Lord Jesus Christ over here. Guess what? When the Lord Jesus Christ and John the Baptist came, the law was still activated, if you will. That's why there was still still, uh, uh, sacrificing of lambs and turtle doves and stuff like that. And then, but now, we are right here. It says you and me. Paul, who is the apostle to the Gentiles, dispensed or, or, or gave his writings for which we, fo- which we follow. By the way, before I forgot, over here, the Lord Jesus Christ came, John 1 verse 11. He came unto his own, but his, and his own receive him not. Colossians 1.18, what he is right now is the head of the body, the church. That's why I put him up here. And then we are right here towards the rapture or the catching away. Any minute now, if you are saved, any minute now, that's going to happen. And then we are going to meet the Lord within the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I don't know if that does not make you excited. I don't know what will. <laughs> and then um, then we have after the, after the rapture or the catching away, uh, there's the seven year tribulation. The first half is going to be, or the, the last half is going to be worse than the second half. And then the Lord Jesus Christ comes down in Zechariah chapter number 14, verse 9. He's going to be the king over all the earth. And this is the literal time period. I got to watch where I'm standing over here. This is the literal time period when the Lord Jesus Christ become king of kings and lord of lords. Right there. Some people say, well, he's king of kings and lord of lords right now. Have you been watching the news? (laughs) Does it seem like he's the king of kings and lord of lords? There's a literal time that it's going to happen and it's going to happen over here. And then there'll be judgment and then the great white throne judgment and we've talked about that later uh, uh, a couple of weeks back. But this is what we're trying to say. This is what I was trying to talk to you about earlier. Over here, the law was given. Over here, all of a sudden, the law was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so over here, we are not under the law anymore. Jews or Gentiles, for there is no difference. Have you, has, has anyone ever tried to witness, to share God's word to a Jew? Oh man, that is so hard. Because A, they don't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is their Messiah. Because he came into his own and his own received him not. And B, they're still going to throw the the law at you. And say, well, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. Well, it is done away with Christ. Amen. So that's why over here we are not under the law anymore. The people who try to do the law, that is nothing to them that does not do them any, any good anymore. Oh, by the way, but it comes back though over here comes back and we'll talk about that later on. So anyway, um, the question, the next most logical question is this. So here comes the exciting part. I know that was probably like, Whoo! even to myself. <laughs> and we'll talk about that slow, slower, uh, slowly later on and in, in detail. But here's the question. If we are without or outside the law, how, then, does the law apply to us? If we are without or outside the law, how, then, does the law apply to us? Well, I'm glad you asked that question again. Number one, in Adam, all die. Right? That's the, same, that's the exact verse in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 22. If you open, that's what it's going to say. In Adam, all die. And because we are all in Adam, or we were all in Adam before we got saved, that's why we died. Both physical death and spiritual death. Now because of that, wherefore Romans 5 verse 12, As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So because, and Adam all died, all died, and we are after Adam, death and sin passed down over unto us. Now, so even ignorant Gentiles, when I say ignorant, meaning ignorant of the law, you ask a baby or a toddler or somebody, a little kid who can can talk, and ask them, uh, what do you need to do to get to heaven, or something? If, if they have some sort source of uh, some sense of um, answering you or knowledge already, they'd say well, you have to be good, you have to share, you don't need to quarrel or quarrel with your baby sister. What's that? That's all good things, righteousness, which is after the law, which is off the law. I mean, but anyway, so I'm getting ahead of myself here. So even ignorant Gentiles, people who did not know about the law. Without the law, try to keep, not the law, because we can't keep all the law, but the righteousness of the law because we think that 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 would stop us from dying. All throughout the pages of history, people looking for the fountain of youth, Gentiles who did not know anything about the law, People looking for the Fountain of Youth. People looking for the Holy Grail so they can live forever, eternal life. People, people, uh, people trying to uh, to save the Holy City in Jerusalem back during the time of the Crusades so they can have eternal life. So they do something that they think is good, hoping. That in the end of life, maybe my good works will outweigh my bad works. Have you heard that before? Oh, you know, after you die, you know, there'll be a huge uh, weighing scale, and, and if your good works outweigh the bad works, you're you're good to go. What's that? Even if they're not following the law, they're following, they're doing the righteousness which is of the law. So in Romans 2 verse 26, therefore, if the uncircumcision, keep, not the law, but what? That's why all the words are important. Amen. Keep the righteousness of the law. Shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? So they keep the righteousness of the law because they think that will give them life. But there's a problem. Nothing in the law can give life. Just just like our illustration back then, nothing in the law can clean you up. It is like a mirror that shows you how dirty you are. Amen. Now, when you look at the mirror in the morning or after you come back from work or something like that and you see that you have a dirt in your face, what do you do? Do you like... Slam your face in the mirror and use it to wipe your face, to clean your face up? Of course not. You don't use the mirror to clean yourself. You use another thing, whether it's a rag or a water. Amen. The law was there to teach us that we're filthy, we're dirty, we're sinful, but it's not there to clean us. Amen. That's why in Galatians chapter number 3 verse 21, it says that if there had been a law given which could have given life, Verily, righteousness should have been by the law, but no. Well, there's an additional bad thing about that. <laughs> On top of that, it cannot clean us. It cannot give us life. On top of that, we learn more about sin. Romans chapter number 11, uh, 7, verse 7, 8, 10, and 11 it says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. So whenever I talk to people about this, they say, well, if the law can't clean us, if the law can't make us righteous, then the law is bad. The law is sin. And Pete Paul said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said thou shalt not covet. Pretty self-explanatory, amen? Amen. Um, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, but anyway. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. Um, huge word, having a malicious mind. Concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto sin. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. Here's the thing. Remember I gave you my illustration last week. I was driving frantically to get to work before time. I was going to get late. I made a left turn and all of a sudden, there's a copper. Pull over. I said, what did I do wrong, sir? He said, you turn on a no left turn zone. He said, I don't know, that is there a no left turn sign anywhere? And he said, come down. He was very respectfully. He says, come down. And then he showed me a huge sign that I did not see because I was in a hurry. It says, no left turn. Guess what I did? Every mouth was stopped. Ah, <laughs> uh. ah, yeah, ah. Uh, uh, uh. not the law that's just the sign that represents the law if you will if that sign was not there then I would not know that there was a no turn uh, that it's no turning left over there same thing if the law is not here if the mirror is not there we would not know that this was good or that was not that was bad so the problem is the more we learned about sin, the more it moved us to commit sin. For when we do, it brought forth, and when we do, it brought forth death. Romans seven verse five says, "For what I like, look at. Does anyone know how to use a sewing machine? Like an old-fashioned one, the one that you have to keep. <laughs> I remember my dad trying, to, you know, my dad taught me how to do that. And he, I said, Why are we trying to learn this? As a little boy, I was like, Why are we trying to learn this? Isn't this girl stuff? Of course, little, little boy, right? And he said, Well, there will come a time that you're going to need to do it, and you have to learn how to do it. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know how to use a uh, uh, sewing machine, we all ride bikes, I presume, right? And for those who are car enthusiasts, you know what a flywheel is, right? So that's the mechanism, that's the gear that keeps on going, that even if you stop exerting force, when you stop kicking that, uh, that pedal of the bike, or when you stop kicking that, um, um, the sewing machine, it still kinda moves, right? That's Newton's first law of motion. Uh, uh, a mo- uh, a, an object, in motion will remain in motion, and a, an object at rest will remain at rest. So, uh, or the law of inertia. What I'm trying to say is this because we know about it already, because we know about the law and earth, because we know that this is, we're not supposed to be doing this, because we know that we're supposed to be doing that, all of a sudden, our nature as fallen man is propelled if you will, to sin. Uh, and even if we don't want to sin, even if we stop exerting the sin, all, uh exerting ourselves to commit sin, our bodies, our flesh, because we are dead spiritually, says you got to keep singing, sinning. I'll give an example. When I was teaching class in college level one time, I told them, and, and it was just a tri- uh, uh, um, a trimester of a class or something. So, you know, there's classes and there's semesters, right? A year divided into two. Our school back then was divided into three, so trimesters. So if you have a semester, say for example, you have, you're allowed five excused absences in a trimester because you because it's more compact. You're only allowed around two or three excused absences. So I was reading during my uh, during my. What do you call this? During my uh, orientation, I was reading about the rules and about absences. And because I was telling them, "You're not supposed to be absent," some whippersnapper thought it was funny and said, "Sir," I said, "Yes." How many absences are we supposed to have? You get that? Let me explain. If you were a good student, I, before, I, before I go forward, sorry, um, I knew that this guy was going to be trouble <laughs> If you're a good student, you would not want to be absent, right? Why is it that the first thing that came into his mind was how many absences are we allowed to have? Why is it that the first thing he's thinking about is what he can get away with? You know why? Because he's thinking of doing something bad. (laughs) Right? And that's the way with sin because we know, We know that we're not supposed to do this. Even if we don't have the law written, like written in front of us. Remember my my illustration about the pig and the tribe last week? Even if we know we don't have the law written in front of us, we know that it is wrong. If I punch somebody in the face and they punch me back, it's, it's going to hurt. And I know that it's going to be wrong. So, so, I know it. My flesh all of a sudden propels me. Aha! You're a sinner. Your nature is to sin. And even if you're not thinking about sin, it will just come. You know what the Bible says? And it's pretty scary. Yeah, it's pretty scary to fall down there. It's pretty scary. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. How many things? All things. That's the, that's the Bible that says that. So, question. If it says all things, I wonder if that includes the devil too. Does that mean that my heart is more deceitful than the devil? Think about that. That would be extra credit. <laughs> so, um, let's go forward. That is why, before God, before salvation, we are guilty and cannot be justified in His sight. Now, remember, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, is the, uh, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. But by the law, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So remember, we're guilty before God. We have to be forgiven. We have to be washed. But it's not enough to do that. We have to be declared Righteous. And remember, Gentiles without the law are trying to do the righteousness of the law so they can be righteous before God. But that has to be clean too. And this does not, the righteousness of the law does not really give us life. So we're in huge trouble. You try, are you getting what we're trying to say here? Because righteousness of the law cannot do anything for us, God provided, ha ha here we go. Because God provided His own righteousness. Philippians 3 verse 9. Oh man, I love this verse. Um, and be found in Him, this is the Apostle Paul talking, not having mine own righteousness, which is what? Of the law. If you try to do your righteousness, if you try to offer your own righteousness to God, that's the righteousness which is of the law. Even if you don't know the law. No, you're not under the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the what? The righteousness which is of God by faith. Here comes God, the Almighty, seeing filthy, sinful men trying to reach His glory. And that's why the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you misquote that, if you're not careful, you might say, because we've heard it said said many times, and fall short of the glory of God. Here's the difference between coming and falling. Amen. So, here's the glory of God. Say, for example, and everyone's trying to come to God, but they come short. God the Almighty seeing sinful, filthy man trying to do, trying to offer his righteousness, which is of the law, and God says, that doesn't work. That doesn't do anything for you. Here's my own righteousness, which is by faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whew. But now, righteousness of God without the law, outside of the law. Uh, but now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. And there's a, an awesome um, doctrine behind all that, but we'll talk about that some other time. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, Jew and Gentile, there is no difference. Jew, if you're a Jew, praise God. You're considered to be God's people. But right now, in this time, You have to trust that death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Gentile? Are you a Gentile without the law? Praise God. You have the knowledge right now to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to to trust his death, burial, and resurrection. Quickly. And so now the righteousness of of God without the law, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, is manifested without the law. He came the first time. He came into his own, but his own received him not. And then now, Jesus said, Alright, well, I'm going to give my righteousness to whosoever will. Amen. They are without difference. Before God, we are guilty. In God's sight. In in our sight, we might be righteous. We might say we're righteous. But in God's sight, we are not righteous. We We are not justified. That is why we need to be placed in Christ. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is where? In Christ Jesus. Almost done. I don't have time to go through this, but this is awesome over here. I just about, did, I told my, my wife, that I could not sleep because I was studying this, this Bible over here or this these passages. The parallelism between Romans 3.24 and Ephesians 2.8 and 9. We know Ephesians 2, eight and 9, for, or 2, eight for by grace are ye saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Romans 3:24, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ. For by grace, freely by his grace, are ye saved being justified through faith and then not of yourself. It's not. We can't work to save ourselves. That's why God redeemed us. Amen. It is the gift of God. You know who that gift is? The gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Whew. Before salvation, we are in, in God's eyes. When God looks at man, we are guilty. We are not justified. That's why, remember? We are placed in Christ. When you read that in the Bible, in Christ, that means you're saved. That's almost synonymous to being saved. There's doctrinal value to that. In Christ, when God looks at you, before God, we're guilty. Before God, we're not justified. But now that you're saved, you're in Christ when God looks at you and me. When God looks at you and Brother Cal, everyone, when God looks at you and me now that we're saved, Does not see Francis anymore. He sees the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I am in Christ. Amen. Whew! Isn't that awesome? What Jesus did for us? In Christ we're redeemed. In Christ there's no condemnation. Romans 8 verse, verse 1, we have the love of God in Christ. This is just some of it. There's a lot more that happens in Christ. Amen? Eh? Really quick. How did we get to be in Christ then? 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. For by one spirit. Now I know the tendency whenever we read the word baptize is talk about water. Yes, that, there's some of that in the Bible. That's a different topic for a different time. But this is a different baptism. It is the, the one who's doing the baptizing over here is not the pastor. The one who's doing the baptizing over here is the Spirit. For by one spirit, everyone that is saved, are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, there is no more difference. Whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. What body is that? For as many of you have, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So as there's, there's, yeah, there's water baptism talking about in the Bible, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Right smack, when we get saved, we get justified. Our sins are forgiven, and we have the righteousness of God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Right smack, when we get saved, we get put in Christ by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right when we get saved, we are justified. We, are, we have no condemnation. We are clean. We have so many things that happen. That's why in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, uh, Thirteen. We are um, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Not some spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. And so that's it. Next week. <laughs> next week. What are we talking about next week? If Jesus Himself said in Matthew four verse four, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God." How many words? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Should the prepositions also matter? Yeah, that's included in the words, amen? What is the difference between faith in Christ and faith of Christ? Whose faith is it when the Bible says faith in Christ? And whose faith is it when the Bible says faith of Christ? If Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, with which faith is that? Tune in next time. Amen. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Even though we were without the law, and we didn't even have the whole law in front of us, we just had the works of the law written in our hearts. Um, time passed we were Gentiles and just aliens from the commonwealth of Israel but even if we didn't know all of that we still tried to attain eternal life or we still tried to attain life or our, by doing our own righteousness but whenever we tried to come close to your glory we come short and that's why you gave your own righteousness which is the Lord Jesus Christ We thank you, Lord, for his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Lord, thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here. We pray that we would all have a wonderful week. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name I pray.